are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, of course, and today is Monday, November 15, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping for our tier twos and threes later today. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that. Today's episode of Locked On Mariners was built by you. It's Mailbag Monday, so we're answering all your questions that you submitted to us on Twitter and via email. That's LockedOnMariners at gmail.com in case you want to submit a question for next next week's mailbag. And if you like what you hear today, give the show a follow, a subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're new, we'd greatly appreciate it. So let's start here by answering a question that was actually submitted to us last week, but he missed us by about 30 minutes after we stopped recording. Uh, Trent Southwick asks uh, a pair of questions here about a couple of the Mariners division rivals. First, the Rangers. Are the Rangers going to be big spenders this uh, winter? He asks, is it true that that's going to be the case rather? And uh, it, it, it appears to uh, to answer your question here, it appears that, uh, that will be the case. Um, seems like they're going to be uh, expanding payroll quite significantly. Uh, the report that I had heard said they were looking to add $100 million in payroll this offseason. So we'll see how that goes. But we know that they are at least in the mix here for Corey Seager uh, early on, or, or they're at least interested in him. And they've also shown some interest in Justin Verlander. Colby, what do you think about the Rangers this offseason? Yeah, it's... I'll kind of believe it when I see it. Um, this is mm-hmm. not a team that should be spending massive amounts of money right now. They're not that close. Um, you know, you, you kind of look around, you say, who who do they have on that team that you feel good about? Like, is a good major leaguer? Eh, not really. Maybe anyone. Garcia. <laughs> I mean, maybe Garcia. If you think, you know, the second half was like, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't feel too comfortable with Garcia being anything more than my third or fourth outfielder. But aside from that, I mean, they have some interesting guys, but Isaiah Kiner Falefa, I guess, is the other one. But other than that, eh, they have a lot of holes to fill. So going out and spending, you know, $35 million a year on, on Kyle or Corey Seager would be pretty stupid of them because they're not going to get anything out of that contract for a couple of years. So. I, it seems like something Texas would do because John Daniels is kind of a moron, but is he that stupid? I, I don't know, but we'll see. But that's what all the reports have been saying. So for now, I think we kind of have to assume that that's the case. Another team that might spend some money this offseason, the Astros, uh, now that Verlander, Granke, Correa is coming off the books. And uh, Trent asks about that. What do you, uh, he asks, what do you guys see the Astros doing with their payroll flexibility now? Um, so obviously the, the Astros, Astros could do some stuff here, especially if they lose Correa Colby, what do you, what do you think? Um, I think there's still a good chance that Verlander accepts his qualifying offer or signs a deal. Um, so I wouldn't Mm -hmm. count him as gone yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't have endless amounts of money to spend even with Correa off the books. Uh, Correa wasn't making $35 million or anything like that. So 
Uh, I, I think what you're more likely to see is they're probably going to go out and get a couple of mid-tier guys. Um, maybe like a, and if they do splurge, it might be on a guy like Kevin Gossman. Um, I, I think Clayton Kershaw could be a sneaky fit here. Um, and I, I do think that there will be some some rumors linking Marcus Simeon to them. But ultimately, I kind of think they're just going to, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to certainly get some rotation help. But it's probably going to be more of the, you know, Alex Wood uh, types than the Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer types. So uh, right. I think you're looking at a couple of like $15 million guys and uh, and some small minor stuff around the edges for for Houston. Yeah, they're still going to be really good next year, <laughs> even if they lose Correa, even if they lose Greinke and Verlander and all those guys. They're still going to be really good, have a great rotation, and uh, they're going to be able to add some pieces. There was, uh, there's obviously been some rumors about them in the Starling Marte market, um, so we'll see how they do with that. Um, but that can be a pretty pretty solid add for them as well, and you could see them add maybe a couple of those guys or uh, some pretty solid players players on the back end there that you know it, when it comes to the offseason you don't really think about or you kind of forget after a couple of weeks and then when you actually see the Astros come to town and they have all these guys you're like oh yeah they added that guy and that's a really good player and oh they added that guy and that's a really good player as well that's kind of just what the Astros do and plus mm-hmm. they're really good at developing talent as well in their organization so they're gonna be good um thanks for the question by the way Trent and sorry we weren't able to get to it last week uh, so let's go to Twitter here now for uh, for our Twitter questions. We have, I believe, 13 of them. So we're going to try to go through all of these on today's show, starting with Cami Boy, who famously changed uh, their uh, <laughs> Twitter handle uh, halfway through our show on Friday. That was a little funny thing that happened. Cami uh, Boy asks, uh, where do you see Julio Rodriguez five years from now? Colby, I'll start with you. Uh, starting right fielder for the Seattle Mariners. All-star game or two under his belt, uh, probably hitting somewhere three, four, and five uh, in the lineup. The uh, the important thing is is that he's going to be a Seattle Mariner. I just I don't foresee any mm-hmm. reasonable scenario where he's traded uh, anytime soon. Uh, you know he loves the Mariners organization and the Mariners absolutely love him. So I think it's it's far more significant. There's higher odds that he gets like a seven eight year extension then there is that he's traded any time in the next five years. Uh, mm. The relationship would have to de- deteriorate awfully fast for him not to be in Seattle in five years. Wholeheartedly agree. But honestly, and look, I try to stay pretty realistic on on here and just in general when talking about the Mariners. But when I envision Julio Rodriguez five years from now, I, I kind of think of him as a perennial MVP candidate. I mean, that's, Kind of the the I mean this is the type of player that we're talking about here. This is the kind of talent that he has. Will he get there? Who knows? But for me personally, those are the expectations that I selfishly have of him, <laughs> and uh, I, I think he can get there. I, I certainly think that there's enough talent there to be one of the best players in baseball. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm very high on Julio. Cami uh, Boy has another question. Uh, that they uh, that they asked here. As long as the Mariners stick to their offseason plan, aka Simeon, you know, going after a third baseman, starting pitching, etc. Do you still view them as a ninety-one team, or dare I say, a one hundred-one team? Colby depends entirely on the players you get. I mean, mm-hmm. 
it's one thing you say, well, they get a third baseman and the two pitchers and Simeon. Well, it's like, well, what if the two pitchers are Michael Pineda and Rich Hill? No, then probably not. I mean, you know what I mean? So, um, well, they have also, a long way like to go. The, the team that you have right now is not a 90 win team. So really the guys that you're adding are just to get back to 90 wins. Yeah. So, so I don't really see a scenario here where they build on paper a 100 win team. Now they could possibly luck into that, you know, and overachieve like they mm-hmm. did this year to 100 win season. But, um, yeah, I just I don't see them building on paper a 100 win team this offseason, really, no matter what they do within the realm of reality. Right. I mean, basically to get to 100, I mean, I, I think they could build a team to get to 85, maybe back to 90. Uh, but in reality, to get to a, to 100, uh, you're going to need like Julio to come up and be great right away. You're going to need Jared Kelnick to be September Jared Kelnick all year. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to need Logan Gilbert to to not have those long stretches where he's a one pitch guy. Like you need guys that you already have to step up in a big way to get to a hundred. So uh, could they get back to 90? Sure. Uh, they have a lot of work to do to get there, but sure they could a um, mm-hmm. hundred. I just, I don't think that's feasible in one winter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot that you have to add for that because right now the team that you currently have together could has a very real shot of going sub 500 i would bet on it yeah so you have to make up just for that this offseason in a pretty substantial way as well Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's it's gonna take a lot to to just get back to 90 let alone 100 but again anything can happen i just don't think on paper you're gonna see a 100 win team so um we're gonna answer more questions in just a moment but real quick a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So please tell your friends, tell your family, tell all those you know out there who are Mariner fans that are getting excited about this team, getting excited about what this offseason can bring to come listen to us. We're going to have a lot of fun over the next few months as we look ahead to the 2022 season. Let's uh, hop into some more questions here, starting with Alex Ledbetter, 15 who asks, I don't understand the love for Chris Bryant. It seems like he has bad defense, underwhelming underlying hitting metrics, and he's going to cost a ton. Canna has a, has a better WRC plus than Bryant the past three years combined with better defense. I don't see him as a centerpiece player. What do you guys think? Colby? Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's obviously some red flags with, with Chris Bryant, and you and I have discussed them. Um I think I'm a little higher on him than you are, Ty. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a good player. Is he a, a great player? No, he's not. Is he is he flawed? Yeah, there are some flaws. And and could there be some trouble on the back end of that contract? Sure. But 
he does make you better in 2022, 23, probably 24. Um, you know, and yeah, the defense isn't great, but you know, there, there's a case to be made that maybe if you just left him in one position, maybe he could get, be average at that. And, and I don't know, we, we talk about Perry Hill being able to work, you know, miracles with, with other guys. And it's like, well, I mean, he doesn't even have to turn, like he doesn't have to turn Abraham Toro into a second baseman here. He doesn't have to turn Ty France into a third baseman here or a competent first baseman. He's got to take a third, third baseman from below average to average. Can Perry Hill do that? I mean, I probably would trust him to do that. So, um, yeah, he's a good player. Uh, There's just no way around that. Um, He's a better player than Mark Hanna. More power. I mean, very similar type of hitters. It it just, to me, that's not, that's not a a good comparison. Um, And why not just go get both? Why not? So uh, yeah, Bryant's a good player. Uh, Is he a guy that like, like you see a guy that the Mariners add and all of a sudden they're like very serious division contenders. No, he's not. But to be fair, is Marcus Simeon that guy? More so than, than Bryant certainly, but no one player is going to do it. So just go get good players yeah. and Bryant's a good player. But yeah, there, there yeah. are some concerns that are definitely worth uh, mentioning. I mean, Simeon's been an MVP candidate in two of the last three years. So you know, there's Brian's obviously BP. So, you know, yeah, like five years ago, but, so. still, <laughs> but still he's won it. So, yeah. well, Marcus Simeon was in this year's finalists for MVP, but whatever. Yeah, sure. uh, Just want to ignore his 2020. <laughs> yeah, sure. Nope. Fine. Yes, because 2020 <laughs> is where we <laughs> is a great example of uh, of a baseball player's uh, capabilities. <laughs> it is. How about 2016 so, through 2018, where he was mediocre? That, that's that's true too. Hey, that was during the time that Chris Bryant won his uh, MVP award. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, for me with, with Bryant, he's like he's a good player, just like Colby said. It's just I I do have some concerns about his longevity at his uh, current position. And uh, I don't really put any stock into this whole uh, he's versatile thing because he's not really good at third base or in the outfield. Um, but the bat is really good. Uh, like you mentioned, the power and all that stuff. Um, I would be, you know, happy if the Mariners got him because that's a good player. Um, but in terms of just the, you know, the the top of the market for these infielders this offseason, He's kind of low on my list in terms of like who I would be most excited for. Still, I would be excited at the end of the day. And I think everyone should be if they get Chris Bryant. Um, like I said, he makes the Mariners better significantly. Does he fix everything? No. But the Mariners get significantly better with Chris Bryant if they get him. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks for the question, Alex. Let's move on to Nat Lang here at Nat Lang 34. Do you think... Hancock, Toro, and Taylor Trammell gets Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton from the Twins. What pieces would the Mariners need to add if not? So this is kind of more of a fan fiction Friday thing here. But uh, Colby, what do you think about the uh, package of Hancock, Toro, and Taylor Trammell for Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton? I think, I think that might get it done. Um, you know, it's those are pretty much the only two players I think the Twins are are seriously going to listen on. Uh, I, I don't think the twins are going to do a, a full teardown rebuild. Um, but again, Buxton only has one year left. He's never been healthy for a full season. And it sounds like they're probably not going to get an extension done. Um, 
So obviously that would behoove Minnesota to trade him. Uh, and Donaldson to me is a guy that they probably just want to get off their books. He's still a good player, but $23 million a year or whatever it is, plus an $8 million buyout. That's a lot for a team like Minnesota who does have other options at third base they could use. Um, so mm. they get, they could use that money more productively as well. So uh, yeah, I think that probably would, would at least be something the the twins would be receptive to whether they like Trammell or Hancock or not. I don't know. Um, and that, that obviously matters, but I, I think that's the right type of idea. Uh, if you're going to go out and try and get uh, those mm. two guys. Mm. And uh, you obviously got to factor in Josh Donaldson's uh, contract in there and uh, taking on that money and all that stuff and how that might lower the cost of acquisition for Buxton. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Eli Sellers, and, and thank you for the uh, question, Nat. And uh, I also uh, forgot to uh, thank Cami Boy as well for their questions. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to Eli Sellers here at Eli Sellers 24. I see a lot of people wanting to extend Mitch Haniger, and I understand from a fan perspective, but I don't really see it being a great baseball move, especially since it seems like he's going to be much more of a DH next year, especially when uh, Julio comes up. What do you think? Well, Colby, this has been something that you've been driving home pretty hard for the last uh, few months here and have gotten uh, some pretty negative feedback from the Mariners fandom, if if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um to me, Mitch Haniger is a great candidate to play out the first half of next year and see where you're at and see where he's at. Um, mm. I I don't care so much about the the idea that Haniger's blocking uh, anybody if you extend him because uh, I don't I don't believe right. in that. I don't believe that players block other players um, because you could always trade one of those guys, right? Like it's not a bad thing to have six outfielders that you want to get major league at bats to. It's not a big deal. My thing with Haniger is that he's, he's quickly going downhill defensively. He's already bad out there and and it's going to get worse. Um, His, his offensive profile is significantly different than what it was in 2018. In 2018, he was a doubles on base, you know, 25 home run type of guy with, you know, average, at least average defense and a really strong arm. And now he's this below average, not a not much of a base stealer, not much of a base running threat, really. Really sold out for power, kind of league average on base guy. And he's still a good player. He's still a good hitter. Mm-hmm. But he's on the wrong side of 30. He's not going to help you defensively. It, it's, it, it's, it's a fact. Mitch Haniger is bad in the outfield, and anybody telling you otherwise is, is full of it. They, they don't know what they're watching. Um, he's bad out there. He's a DH. And so I do object to having, you know, giving three or four year deals to full time DHs. Uh, you want to do it on a one year deal? Fine, whatever. Nelson Cruz for a year? Fine. Giving Nelson Cruz three years right now? Does that make sense? No. So it doesn't make sense for Haniger because I don't really view him as an outfielder. He's a DH who's going to go play the outfield sometimes to try and maintain some positional flexibility. Good player, not a great player. And honestly, if the, uh, if the qualifying offer is still a thing next off season, I would suspect Seattle gives it to him and Hanniger might take it. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to get a one year, $20 million extension anyways. And that's about as far as I would go on Mitch Hanniger, unless he comes sure. back this year and it's just average in right field somehow, like a full two years away from the injury. Now he's average again, then we can talk, but 
he's he's trending the wrong way in a lot of areas. Mm. You hit the nail on the head there. Uh, so I agree with that. Uh, thank you for your question, Eli. Let's move on to Roshan Bratt. Uh, at Mariners fam 1234 who asks, uh, where does Taylor Tramiel, Tramiel fit into the Mariners plan for the future? Uh, so that's, that's really hard. I mean, you know, right, a, right, right away in 2022, Tramiel needs to start the year in AAA unless he shows you some pretty considerable things and, and, uh, um, some noteworthy things rather in spring training. And even at that point, he probably still needs to start the year in AAA. Um, there's just some stuff that he still needs to work through, just needs to get more consistent, needs to stop missing the, missing the ball so much. A lot of swing and miss in his game this year, especially in his second stint in AAA uh, and obviously at the major league level as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with him for the immediate future. Uh, but I got to say, you know, Colby, I don't know how you feel about this, but. Um, you know, just kind of going back to one of the other questions that were asked earlier about like, where do we see Julio Rodriguez in five years? Honestly, I see Taylor Trammell in another uniform in five years. Don't you? Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, he, uh, I, I, I think he's, I, I love his personality and I, I and I think he has the ability to be a really good outfielder. Uh, to be a starting caliber outfielder still. I, I, I do believe that. Just don't know if that's going to happen in Seattle. I feel like at this point, you know, maybe he builds up his, his value a bit this year. He probably is going to be one of those pieces that ends up helping them get something better than what he can probably give them in 2022. I think he gets traded within the next year. All right, so we are going to try to answer the rest of the questions that you guys submitted. We got a lot, so we're going to try to do our best here in the next segment. But real quick, I want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them to go around. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it for once. One slice of pie has an upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end if you're lucky. Meanwhile, most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. Go for a raspberry. Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any other fattening, unhealthy dessert. Low calories, low carbs, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward, I promise you. And maybe Aunt Betty hasn't even tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And of course, there is nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, Colby, we got seven questions to go through here in the final 10 or so minutes that we have. So uh, you want to try to lightning round this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. PNW for life at M's for life. I think the Mariners should sign Marcus Simeon and trade for Brian Reynolds. Same. Abraham Toro plays third base to see where he is. DH slash trade Mitch Hanniger at the deadline to make room for Julio question mark. Um, 
2023, sign an ace, possible third baseman. Do you see a scenario like that, like this, that could happen? <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, <laughs> a non-zero chance, but sure. I mean, that's that's a that's a lot. Uh, yeah. So, and I mean, it, how are you going to trade for Brian Reynolds and trade Mitch Haniger later this summer to make room for Julio? Isn't Julio kind of have to be in your Brian Reynolds trade package? <laughs> I mean, based on reports. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a possibility that that all plays out, sure. Um, you know, but is it higher than like five percent? No, but uh, yeah, that 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 could happen. Sure, or something sure, very man. similar could happen. Yeah, definitely could happen. We need to see how this offseason plays out first, though. Yep. And also, uh, trading Mitch Haniger at the deadline probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're actually winning this year. So, um, yeah, yeah, especially to make room for an unproven rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, P&W for Life actually has a question about Hanniger as well uh, if the Mariners are in the hunt next year and Hanniger isn't extended uh, do they trade him give him a qualifying offer or just let him walk so this kind of goes into our Hanniger discussion from earlier uh, and how likely is it that he gets traded this offseason I'm going to say 0% that he gets traded this offseason quite frankly unless yeah. they get some ridiculous offer from a team which they're just they're not going to get no like 0.2 percent chance he gets mm-hmm. traded yeah uh but if the the m's are in the hunts yeah they're not going to trade him at the deadline uh highly doubt that uh would they give him the qualifying offer probably just like you said at the end of our last segment uh, i don't think they would just let him walk they're at least going to slap that qualifying offer on so that if he gets signed they get a first round draft pick out of it mm-hmm. i mean that's assuming he or assuming he has roughly the same speed. year it's it would be a i believe but whatever we don't we don't even sure. know that's going to exist in three months yeah. so let alone a year from now so uh yeah assuming he repeats or comes close to his 2021 production uh, i would expect mitch Haniger to play all next year in seattle and get the qualifying offer and then i think it's probably a 50 50 uh shot mm-hmm. as to whether or not he accepts that aiden at sfne 58 uh, asked, so was the Mariners season this year a fluke? Because that is what sabermetrics say. If the Mariners sign a big free agent this year, how many wins do you think is realistic? Well, they don't need to just sign one big free agent. Uh, hopefully they sign multiple or, you know, just multiple free agents in general, guys that are going to help them this year because that's what they need. Like we talked about at the start of the show. Uh, they need to uh, not only get back to 90 wins, but, you know, or, or work to just get back above 500, really to build a club that's capable of doing that. Uh, they, yeah, they got to add quite a bit. So one big free agent doesn't really solve anything. Honestly, they sign Marcus Simeon and don't do anything else this, this year or this off season. They probably go 500 at best. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so was it a fluke? Yeah. Kind of. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it happened, but if you played this season a thousand times over, how many times out of those thousand? do the Mariners win 90 games with the exact same set of circumstances? Lewis gets her Paxton gets her their entire, you know, depth in the rotation gets hurt. Like how many times do they win 90 games again out of a thousand, maybe once or twice. Right. I mean, isn't that the answer? So yeah, it's, it's, it was pretty fluky, but it happened. It counts. So yeah, um, you should be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have good stepping stones in place here to take the next step. So don't apologize for it. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Thank you, Aiden, for the question. Uh, thank you to Roshan as well. And thank you to PNW for life uh, for their questions as well. Um, Brett Howard at uh, Mr. Brettley on Twitter. Who's the Mariners sleeper this year? I think it has to be between Cal Raleigh and Evan White. However, I expect Cal to come back to the club and be the dominant hitter he was scouted to be. Over under batting average for Cal Raleigh after the all-star break to end the year. Uh, he sets it at 255. He's taken the over. What about you? Uh, under. Um, yeah. He wasn't ever thought to be a dominant hitter um, when he was drafted. That's that's not really a, a yeah. good hitter, sure. But, I mean, like, not... I. No, I mean, I, I, I think he's probably an average bat and an average catcher at the end of the day, uh, defensively catch a defensive catcher. And that is a very good player. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. average at both and you can catch like you're one of the what 10 best catchers in baseball, because those guys yeah. don't exist. Andy's a switch hitter, but I'm going to take the under. Yeah, uh, he needs yeah, a lot. I'm gonna of take the under. Yeah, he yeah needs I'm going to take the under as well. Yeah. Um, I do think uh, Brett's swat on here, though, that he's not going to be called up for a while. Yep. Probably the all-star break. Probably maybe a little um, faster than he was called up this year, uh, but probably not by much. I, there's we'll, a lot of stuff that he needs to work on. Yeah, we'll see what the Mariners do at the catching position. It sounds like they just want yeah. to run it back. And if that's what they do, then there's a chance it's sooner than the all-star break. But if they go and they add, like, I mean, even like Manny Pena or somebody like that, um, like mm-hmm. not even one of the better catchers. Martin like Maldonado. a better, Yeah, like just yeah. a vet then it's probably going to be at least the all-star break unless somebody gets hurt, which, you know, happens at catcher. So uh, Daisy Dingo has a question for you, Colby. Uh, What are your reasons for not being quite as high on Noel V. Marte as others are? And do you think that now is the time to trade him? (laughs) Not as high. He's like a top 25 prospect in all of baseball for me. Um, so the reason I'm, I'm basically what I, what I'm hearing this question is the re- why are you willing to trade him uh, when everybody else is like saying, mm. no, don't trade. Right. Him. Uh, well, a, he's not a shortstop. Uh, I don't think he's a second baseman either. I don't think he's a center fielder. I don't think he's going to play up the middle. So yeah, that thinks your value a little bit. Um, do I think he could be a really good third baseman or a really good corner outfielder? Yeah, I do. So, uh, but that's not shortstop. And right now he's being evaluated as a shortstop. So you lose some value there. Um, also, the speed element, I think that's going to continue to decline a little bit. He's getting bigger, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. He's maturing. He's, you know, was 16 years old. He had like 70 grade speed. That's probably down to a 60 because he's just getting stronger. He's putting on weight and muscle, and it's good weight, and it's good muscle, and that's going to help his power tool. But he's not going to play up the middle. He's not going to be a, a huge, you know, base stealing threat. And I, he's so far away. He's at least two years away from the big leagues that, yeah, am I willing to trade a third base prospect or a right field prospect who's at least two years away from the big leagues and is already trending down in terms of his, his foot speed, which was one of his best skills? Yeah, I'm willing to do that. Um, but I'm not willing to give him away for free. So, so uh, no, I still really like the, I still really like Noelvi, but he's not a shortstop and he's not a burner that everybody thinks that he is. He's he's developing into a, what appears to be a very solid third base type of body with a you know third base profile, and that's fine, that's good. But it's not shortstop, it's not center field, and that hurts your value a little bit. So I think that's why 
maybe I'm a little more willing to to talk about Noelvi than it sounds like even the Mariners are. Uh, Daisy Dingo has, has another question as well. Uh, what do you think the future holds for Justin Dunn and Justice Sheffield? I like Dunn and long relief going forward and have no idea what will become of Justin, uh, Justice Sheffield. Um, yeah, uh, you know, really, I, I, I look at those guys, kind of how Jerry DePoto looks at Kyle Lewis and that anything that they give you from this point forward is really just a bonus. Um, and for, for Dunn, you know, obviously there were some things that you really liked to see. Uh, the command got a little bit better at times, and uh, he was able to miss some bats and stuff uh, before he got hurt. But, you know, it's still it's, uh, there's not a lot to be super inspired by, super confident about what Justin done over the first couple of years here. And Justice Sheffield was abysmal this year. And it's just I, I don't I don't I really like you. I really have no idea what will become of him uh, at most. Now, I, I think he's probably a long relief guy. Yeah, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if neither of them throw a pitch for the Mariners next year. Uh, but assuming they survive this winter, they're both going to go to AAA um, and, and start there because why not? Um, and then Dunn has a better shot to be a, a useful reliever than, than Sheffield. So um, that's probably what's most likely to happen. Mm. And Dunn also has a better shot at starting still than Justice Sheffield. Yes. So the odds of either starting for the long term not very high not very right. high unless they end up going to a uh, you know unless they get one of them or both of them gets traded to a bad team next year that can afford to start them uh, sure like a you know the rangers or whatever or the orioles mm-hmm. what have you they get dealt somewhere like that then sure cincinnati uh, but yeah but not in uh, not in seattle Right. All right. So we got our last question here from Jordan Levitt at Mormon Pizza Man, who asks uh, thoughts on the Mariners acquiring Edmundo Sosa, who he actually asked about in our Fan Fiction Friday uh, episode last week, and implementing a slight swing change. He has a well below average launch angle and has shown flashes of well above average power that could lead to more extra base hits. Otherwise, thoughts on Tommy LaStella as a bench piece. So Sosa, don't know too much about his swing and what swing changes really need to be implemented with him. We wouldn't be the people to ask for that. Um, my thing, though, with, with Sosa is if that is seemingly the fix, why wouldn't the Cardinals just do that with him? Why would they trade him? Right. I mean, and also you acquire Sosa you're trying to get more power out of him. Are you trying to make him your third baseman? You're trying to make him your second baseman? Cause we know it's not going to be shortstop. I mean, I just, I'm not sure I see the fit here. And, and if I'm the Mariners, I don't want to bank on one of my everyday players being a guy who I'm like, well, I'm going to help him make a swing change. And then he's going to be mm-hmm. like really right. good. And, and he was good this year. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get my third baseman is going to be this currently soft hitting middle infielder. And I'm going to change the launch angle. And that's how I'm going to replace Kyle Seeger. It's like, hmm, not not a huge fan of that. But uh, sure, right. why not? If the Mariners think they can do it, then great. They just better have a, a plan B just in case. A good plan yeah. B. Yeah. So Tommy LaStella here. Um, no, thanks. Yeah. I don't. You it's would have the to second year. Yeah. And he's got I two just, years uh, left. If he had like one, we know that the Mariners were interested. 
We know that they were interested yeah. this past offseason. Mm-hmm. But you got seven million this year, seven million next year, I believe, right? Uh it's, yes, I, I think so. It's just a lot for a guy that was pretty much hurt all year long. Mm-hmm. And you can do better then and not have to trade something for him plus take on payroll commitment. I just eh. I if would like ha- for the Mariners to aim higher. Yeah. If he had one year left, uh I would probably do that. Um assuming that he was actually available and you know the Giants don't really need to but trade also, they have the payroll room. But also what why would the Giants trade him when yeah. they're possibly losing Solano? Yeah, they have plenty of of trade uh or p- plenty of uh salary uh room in their in their payroll. I was going to say salary yeah. cap. Um and what's interesting about Lestella is that he only makes 5.25 next year. But in 2023, he okay. is 11 and a half million guaranteed. Oh boy. I I think Lestella's bat is something that Jerry would like and I think we saw that, you know, last winter uh, because he doesn't strike out and he gets on base and those are two things that Jerry seems to really value right now. But it's it's the whole you know the it's the final year of that contract at 11 million seems a bit steep for me um yeah but again it's one of those guys that if, if the mariners acquired him and the, and the deal was good you'd be like oh right on that helps so yeah mm-hmm. all right well thank you so much everyone that submitted your questions we really appreciate it we got to hop off here now uh, but thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets. Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcast. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow.